Hi, today is December 23rd, 2023. My name is Juni, and welcome to the Theta Game Podcast. I'm not a financial advisor, and nothing I say is financial advice. I'm literally just a normal retail trader, just like you. I'm not certified or a graduate of finance, just a regular trader that started on Wall Street Bets years ago. I've lost a lot of money and made some of it back and more after finding a system that worked for me. I share my trades, system, and experiences all for free. Learn from mistakes and use my experiences to help you rebound after trading Mu 90s one too many times. You can view all my trades for free at theatergame.com/juni. No sign up required. There's no pop-ups, no ads, nothing. And you can email me any questions that I'll answer on the podcast at juni at theatergame.com. Lastly, I stream on Twitch every weekday at least an hour at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Come hang out, ask me questions, vent, or just chill. It's a positive environment, and everyone is welcome at Twitch.tv/realdatagang. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. I'm down to the final stretch on my uh, annual visit to my parents. I got about four more days, so this will be the sort of um, last podcast for this year at my parents' house, and uh, it's been fun uh, because I'm doing Theta Game full time. You know, I haven't had to like oh work for a little bit in the morning uh, or take this quick meeting or anything like that. And it's been nice. Been getting a good like quality time in the morning with my parents, um, but then also uh, just having just in general more time to spend with them during the day, and that's been a real lifesaver. I feel like um, previously it was kind of hard just because work was getting in the way, but now that like I have my own schedule, it's it's been amazing. Um, that said, I have also been getting a lot of work done. So if you haven't been there yet, I highly suggest you visit datagain.com. Just in general, uh, if you want, you can make an account. If you don't want to, that's fine. Um, but there's a lot of cool features and a lot of like CSS or like visual changes to the website that are really really cool. Um, I think the website is as polished and um, it's the best looking it's ever been, and I'm very happy of where it is right now. And I'm very excited to bring in、uh, newer changes for you all. So we'll get into、uh, the new changes that have been brought to the site as of this week. All right, let's just jump in.、Um, there is a larger list than normal for datagain.com website updates,、um, but all really really cool changes. So. Uh, Patreon supporters will get early access to profile pictures until I have、um, more time to dedicate to making sure that people don't upload like inappropriate things. So right now it's basically a trust system that I have with my patrons that hey, I know you guys are nice, <laughs> so、uh, don't upload anything bad.、Um, but yeah, it's been fun having people participate in that feature and getting profile pictures up. Um, and then the concept of the lab is out. The lab is a section of the website that shows only patron、uh, trades or supporter trades. And while these trades are public, 
um in other people's profiles like you can just like visit patrons and follow patrons and whatnot but this is a place where it sort of aggregates all the latest trades that patrons do and of course patron trades are just a little bit more high quality because you know they already like help support the website so they have less of a reason to necessarily like lie about any sort of profit or trades there's always a risk right if you follow anyone on any part of the internet on like how their performance is doing that they could lie and whatnot but i feel like this community is just a little different in the fact that this is a very altruistic thing to do is just like posting trades and be supporting the website so it's a good group of trades that i feel that are very trustworthy um so that's out uh just for patrons uh, the lab and then Next up, there's the new Discover page. And if you go to theragain.com and you sign in, there's a Discover tab on the left. The Discover tab has been there for a while. Um, and it's had this like infinite scroll type of deal going on where you would see like maybe three trades as a time at a time as you scroll down. Um, that's been sort of scrapped for now. That view might come back, but now you're gonna see a table of uh, 50 trades if you're not a patron but you get to see 500 trades if you are a patron um, this is a lot better uh, of a user experience because um, previously i was noticing that people on average were scrolling down maybe like two or three times only seeing nine trades but now that this discover page is in table form you're able to see a better bird's eye view of just like what the latest trades are quicker faster and see if you're interested in any of them and uh if you're a non-patron again you see 50 of them uh, if you are a patron you get to see the latest 500 um and now also you can do everything that you're able to do on your profile page on your home page uh, the profile tab is now gone um, though you can still see your profile if you go to thetagang.com slash your username. Um, but I found it really, it, it was a really big pain point when you had to go to your profile to view all your trades when your dashboard had all your analytics and your dashboard was also where you sort of uh, closed your open trades. I didn't want you to have to click between two different pages to do everything. So now you can just do everything in your dashboard. So that also took a whole lot of time and effort and oh man um and then there were a lot of css uh fixes and adjustments uh during that time period as well and then lastly just two days ago i implemented a other trades feature so if you go to any of your trades or any anyone's trades for that matter um if you click on the trade you get brought to what i call like the detailed view so you get to bring up that trade the comments of that trade on the right hand side if you're on desktop you'll be suggested trades uh so i thought that was pretty cool um or rather not suggested trades you just get to see other trades that are similar maybe uh they are the by the same person or maybe the same um symbol uh stock ticker uh but yeah it looks really clean really proud of that one and how it looks um and maybe that comes to mobile but it is not on mobile for now and as far as the next things that i'll be working on um, they include making the tracker look better as well as feel better it can look definitely better um, but as far as using it it could be also more clear on how it works 
Uh, it's a little bit dated. It's been there for a while now. Um, and I've upgraded basically every part of the website slash platform uh, besides the tracker. So I think I'm going to give the tracker a little bit of love. And then what else do I got here on the list? Um, possibly showing the biggest win and biggest loss highlighted per year when you're on the dashboard, when you're looking through the years of your trades. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and then let me see. Um, I th No, I think that's about it. Yeah, I think those two are the most recent things I'll be working on. Of course, this is subject to change depending on if I get a burst of inspiration from somewhere else. But yeah, really happy with where, where I'm at right now with the website and looking forward to sharing more changes with you guys later. All right, next up, I have the Juni 5K account uh, slash Twitch updates, which is essentially an account that I only trade with $5,000 in. Um, and the goal of the account is to essentially be a, a public experiment to show if I can trade responsibly with only 5K using a strategy that I think would work in a 5K account, which is essentially right now a strategy that involves put credit spreads and short iron condors. I'm open to selling call credit spreads and you know possibly running a wheel if the account could ever get past maybe 7, 8K, maybe I'll entertain a small wheel. But for now, it's been put credit spreads and um, short iron condors. The account now, um, after Tuesday's uh, very sudden drop in the market, it's now chilling at 13.89%. The account is at $5,694.68. So we're still up about $700 on the account so far. Um, right now, it took a little bit of a dip because of that um, sudden drop on Tuesday again. Uh, and now, you know, we're sitting on five plays, sitting on a Microsoft Iron Condor. Uh, NVIDIA put credit spread, Tesla put credit spread, Ulta put credit spread, and AMD put credit spread. Of the five plays that are currently open, um, I'm green on two of them, uh, essentially flat on the Tesla position, and then red on the Ulta and NVIDIA put credit spreads. And I wanted to sort of share what I've been learning on the 5K account trading this week. Uh, because of that sudden drop on Tuesday, you know, my account took a pretty large dip, I'd say. It went down like $300 in a day, which isn't that big if you're trading like a, a main account, for example. But on a 5K account, that could mean, that could mean something. Um, I think at most, and this was also brought up in the stream, someone asked like, how much are, how much are you willing to sort of allocate on this account? Uh, at one time and I think my limit is going to be like 2500 so each of my sort of spreads that I have open right now has a max loss of about 500 and I have five spreads open uh, if you're including that iron condor as a spread um, so with five trades that have a $500 max loss each that's about $2,500 that I can lose in you know at one time if I lose on all five and I think that's my absolute limit 
Um, of course, I'm going for volume of trades because I believe this is a belief, not a fact. But I believe that if I trade enough volume responsibly enough, I look for my own entries that with a 70 percent plus probably a profit that I should be okay. Um, but that's still something that I'm working through. But to answer, um, you know, that helpful chatter question of how much am I willing to allocate at one time for this, uh, you know, short option account or, you know, Thady Gang style 5k account. It's about half the account is what I'm willing to sort of um, go in with. Um, This sort of strategy isn't something I would do on a bigger account though. Like as soon as a wheel looks enticing enough and makes sense enough to do, I'll move on to do the wheel. Um, but otherwise, I think trading a very large account with just spreads isn't my sort of style because it doesn't really benefit by sort of trading for a long time as much as you know getting assigned stocks in case of there's like a flash crash instead of just losing money. Um, but of course, you can always just say that the opposite is also a benefit too. Like if you just lose money instead of being stuck on a red stock position then maybe you can justify like, hey, you're a little bit more liquid doing it this way as long as you can time the sort of ups and downs correctly. But that's not sort of my style. My goal for this is to, again, just be a public experiment to show if the Theta Gang style with spreads works on an account like 5K. My gut feeling is that it won't work at the very end, though I've had really good performance up till now. Again, trading live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash realthetagang. You can literally see me open and close trades in the morning and hang out and chat it's it's a good time um but if i'm lucky enough if i could get this account um up to maybe eight nine k then i'll start probably opening up a wheel so i could get just a little bit more predictable income on the account and one more sort of tip that i love to share that i learned about trading on this account um i wrote big sudden drop this week very grateful i sold more time to be right slash wrong yeah, so I've been selling about like 21 days out instead of 14 days, um, especially because just heading into the new year, uh, volume has been sort of low and it's been getting kind of hard to get to a good amount of premium that I expect as a return. Also, my favorite price points um, don't didn't pay me enough for the 14-day expiry, which I usually go with. Um, so I've had to bump up the expiry to receive more premium to justify getting in at that strike price uh, for these spreads. So that's just something that I wanted to share with you guys right now is that because I've been selling uh, with more time on my side, I've been doing better um, as a recent because I feel like I would have wiped out on maybe like one or two plays already had I not um sort of sold for more time or open these trades with more time on them um so i'm more than likely going to continue that trend uh until i can feel that this market will just sort of go past um the mini sort of dump that happened this week uh otherwise kind of more on defense chilling with these five plays that are open just in case of all five lose you know i always make sure that I have my max loss accounted for. I don't want to overextend. I just want to play these out because time is on my side and chill. And one more thing. I mean, I guess I might as well talk about my main portfolio. My main portfolio has cooled off from its own personal all-time high. 
Um, my profit loss for the year is now at 86.5k uh, instead of like 88k like it was last week. Um, but yeah, my sort of positions are ultra focused. I think um, I'm in cybersecurity. I'm in semiconductor stocks and uh, Costco. So really happy with where my portfolio is. I feel like it's very focused heading into 2024, um, but I haven't been trading nearly as much. The, la- the latest trades I've been doing are have been buy rights on AMD, which make me feel good. I want to keep my AMD shares um, in there and playing. Oh, and also this weekend, or AKA today, because I'm recording on a Saturday today, um my nvidia shares got called away so i'll have 48k more a free capital heading into monday but i don't suspect myself to open a whole lot of trades uh for the last week of january but open to opportunities that might come up like if there's another sudden drop maybe i dollar cost average more or maybe i open a cash secure put with a longer date not sure yet but we'll see what happens All right, earnings. Let's talk about those. Uh, FedEx, uh, the shipping company, uh, missed on earnings per share and revenue expectations. FedEx is seeing demand for its express shipping unit decline in demand and that customers are choosing cheaper services instead. FedEx has guided down future revenue for the rest of its fiscal year, which ends May 31st. They mentioned that their operating income would improve, however, because of their, quote, cost-cutting plan. End quote. All in all, this sounds bad, but there is some silver lining. Year over year, or compared to the same time last year, FedEx has increased their profit slash income by 25%. That's a huge increase, but of course, it's still below analysts' expectations. Uh, the stock was trading down 11% after the bell. Uh, a bit to share here, um, there was a Wall Street Bets post, so I'm, I'm going to kind of like cram Wall Street Bets and earnings for this episode of the podcast. Um, someone mentioned that they got their due diligence on buying their FedEx puts by going to a subreddit called FedExers, and um, I thought it was pretty unique. You know, I didn't necessarily think about ever doing something like that where you know, you want to do research on a company, you go in and talk about how workers are talking about the company. Um, and initially, when I was writing up this script, I was like, wow, this is a really cool idea. I could really imagine myself doing this for something like this next time. Um, but, you know, I'm going to say, like, after reflecting on it, I don't think employees really ever talk really good about their company, like, ever (laughs) like i think i mean you don't have to trash your company obviously but i don't think you're anyone's really out there having a group chat about like hey my company is so awesome let's talk about why the company is so awesome it's usually like the little mini sort of stressful things about the day or maybe something's like critically wrong right there's always that extreme but it's usually an echo chamber of people sort of like feeding off of each other of like oh yeah man there's so many more packages today um it, you know we're not getting paid enough and you know things are going to things are going to hell and all these things um so i'd be wary of like putting this in practice um and i'll go ahead and put the sort of reddit slash wall street bets post in the show notes today you can view that post i'm talking about uh if you just look at the show description 
Um, but initially, thought it was really cool. Thought about something that I might do. I might do it for fun and not judge um, sort of any of my plays based on what I find. Um, but yeah, you just do have to take it with a grain of salt. That's you know usually people that you know want to be in sort of an echo chamber to uh, feel better about their day or selves, which is okay. I'm not flaming anyone that wants to participate in the echo chamber because I don't know how hard it is to be a sort of delivery driver and do deliveries because I'm sure it's a very stressful job. Next up, we have Micron, uh, the semiconductor company. Uh, they beat earnings per share by 6% and revenue by 2%. They're still operating at a loss, except year-over-year loss is much smaller. Uh, Micron has guided up for the next year. Micron said it expects the supply of chips for PCs, mobile devices, and other chips to approach normal levels in the first half of next year, 2024, uh, and that AI chip demand is strong. Micron has reported it's in the final stages, that's quoted, uh, of qualifying its chips to be used in NVIDIA's next AI platforms, which would help increase revenue and profitability as well. Micron was trading up 4.5% after the bell, erasing the minus 4.5% day it had. Seems like the overflow of chips and leftover inventory is finally churning, and orders for more semiconductors and chips are starting to take shape. So that's good. That's also a common theme that I've been seeing is that we've had like a glutton, glutton, is that, is that the correct noun? Um, we just had a lot of stock and a lot of inventory, whether if that's in clothing or just like retail in general, like with Target and Walmart that, you know, because of the stimulus and a lot of the demand in 2020 and 2021, when 2022 happened and there weren't that many people buying stuff anymore, there's just like a surplus of stuff and, you know, retailers and maybe like semiconductor factories and everybody needed to sort of mark down their prices, which hurts profits. But we're seeing people actually have gone through all that inventory and they're starting to turn a profit because they don't have to do these forced markdowns. Something else that I noticed um, on my side is that AMD and NVIDIA both didn't necessarily react to Micron's good report. Maybe there was like 0.25% jump in after hours trading, but I didn't see any of them necessarily benefit from this very positive report from Micron. And last tidbit, uh, I thought it was really cool that Micron was in its quote final stages of you know, being inside NVIDIA's next AI platforms. But we want to make sure that we're not trading based on that being a fact. Uh, It's in the final stages. It hasn't been completed. So if in the event that uh, Micron does lose the deal or, you know, NVIDIA doesn't want to use Micron anymore, I would see Micron's sort of uh, share price fall uh, because a lot of this is based on sort of trust, I guess, or hopium that this will come true. Um, but of course we want to just make sure we're not trading solely based on this fact. All right. Um, last but not least, it was a light earnings week. Um, we have Nike, Nike beat on earnings per share, but missed pretty big on revenue or AKA their top line. Nike plans to cut costs by about 2 billion over the next three years as it lowered its sales outlook. Nike reports to grow only about 1% uh, as opposed to previous outlooks of the mid-single-digit percents. Nike said it's going to simplify its product offerings, increase automation, and streamline the organization by reducing management layers to achieve greater efficiency. 
It plans to use the savings from this initiative to invest back into the business and drive for long-term profitability. Amongst this plan, it's delivered its second quarter in a row where it fell short of sales estimates. Nike has a lot of inventory backed up and in need of churning through with markdowns, which means less profit margin. But some good news, this quarter they brought down inventory by about 14% and their e-commerce division had its strongest Black Friday week ever with record number of people in their stores over the long Thanksgiving weekend. Nike was trading down 11% after the bell. All right, a few things to talk about for earnings uh, for Nike. Um, $2 billion over the next three years is about like $675 million a year, you know, of cutting costs, um, give or take. And that's a lot of money, um, you know, followed by with them saying that they're going to be reducing the management layers to achieve greater efficiency, which sounds really good. I can imagine that they want to get uh, less layer so they can they can make decisions faster so that's kind of cool but of course letting people go is never a good thing um, you know you want to make sure that you take care of your people take care of your employees but at the end of the day the company's going to want to do what it wants to do and if they want to let go of people to reduce management layers they can do that or if they want to just like sort of promote down I don't I don't know what they're, what they're planning to do there um, but let me see here it's going to be also cool hearing that they're going to be doing a lot more maybe sales and markdowns uh, as they're reducing inventory by already 14%. So that's huge. So they do have quite a bit to go. Uh, I'd imagine that they have about like 30% more to go. Um, and uh, yeah, not not too much to be said there. Uh, but they did at the end fall back with saying that they're e-commerce division had the strongest black friday week ever which i'm sure has helped clear out some of that inventory as they mark down stuff for black friday and all that good stuff so by the fourth quarter of next year maybe we see inventory numbers have been like sort of regulated and brought down to normal levels but it would be a little alarming if their inventory did not go down over the next three quarters that's something that i would particularly look at um but then also seeing that there was a record number of people in their stores over the long Thanksgiving weekend is in line with like what Lululemon has also said about their strongest Black Friday weekend um, as well. So maybe we're seeing retail sort of come back, but then also um, maybe they're just looking for deals. You know, if FedEx is seeing that there's less packages being shipped um, and they're lowering their forecast, um, Lululemon only had uh, their record long Thanksgiving weekend um, sort of performance. But revenue-wise, yeah, Nike missed big time. Um, so we'll see what they plan to do on how to increase revenue over the next year. But again, they, they said that they're only reported to grow about 1% as opposed to the mid-single-digit percents. And it's, it's, it's going to be tricky. Um, holding on to Nike shares right now. If you love Nike, I think you hold on. Um, of course, I'm going to say that with any stock. If you if you love the company um, that you're sort of invested in, like you use Nike shoes, Nike athletic wear all the time, there's a reason why you do that instead of choosing Adidas or any other sort of company. Um, so you kind of vote with your dollar, but you also vote with your investments. Um 
you know, with an 11% drop, these don't happen all too frequently with a low volatility stock like Nike. So you can you can consider dollar cost averaging in now if you've ever thought about it. But otherwise, personally, Nike is not a stock that I necessarily invest in uh, because I don't feel comfortable writing cover calls or cash secure puts on Nike because, again, it doesn't pay me enough for the premium. But I could see, you know, people that don't necessarily care about selling options that Nike's an okay choice. They do make money. Their, their growth is slowing. Uh, but Nike isn't necessarily a growth stock. So there's that going for it as well. Um, we'll see where Nike goes into the next quarter. I'm excited to report on Nike. Um, Nike is a pretty important company to me, though I don't uh, trade it or invest in it. Uh, but I do know a lot of friends and myself really do like Nike as a company. All right. Um, lastly, I want to talk about some news events that happened this week. Uh, following mounting pressure from regulators in the UK and EU, Adobe and Figma announced on Monday that both companies are mutually, uh, they're both agreeing, to terminating their merger agreement, which would have seen Adobe acquire Figma uh, for about $20 billion. Figma is a product design platform. You can imagine that their name is a... Not a joke on Ligma, but a play on figment of your imagination. Um, as a result of the termination, though, Adobe will be required to pay Figma a reverse termination fee of $1 billion in cash. Um, I think this is overall good. Uh, I thought that Adobe might go down um, from not being able to pick up um, sort of Figma, but Figma being valued at twenty billion is a pretty hefty price tag. And from this mutual agreement of the sort of merger not happening, Adobe has actually gone up, um, and Figma is getting a fat payday of one billion dollars in cash. So that's incredible for a company like Figma to just get in into its uh, sort of free cash flow. I actually don't know where that sort of money goes into a company, but that is nuts. Figma, I'd say, is is the industry standard. Like, I don't know why you would use Adobe um, for sort of product design uh, at this point, but who knows? Maybe Adobe will just build a better Figma. I don't know. They have Illustrator. They have, they have a XD. Um but Figma it just feels different. Sharing Figmas and Figma designs, sharing components through Figma, it, they've really designed it from the ground up, and you can tell that Figma has a very focused product. Uh, where Adobe, you know, for Adobe Suite, you kind of have to kind of flex and force some of its software to do things that you want it to do. But if you want to do product design, Figma is really good at product design. And I'm sure that when they were first announcing the sort of merger agreement that um, Adobe saw Figma as some sort of threat for sure. Um, But I'm also a fan of them just being independent of each other. Competition is always good. You know, making sure that Figma is stays that the quality of figma is running right now is seen as a good thing um and for adobe you know i'd be i'd just be scared um not necessarily that figma would overtake adobe 
any day now because Adobe has a suite of a whole lot of other products, including video and whatnot. But I can see Figma sort of going in that direction eventually, um, slowly but surely, like turning into just a main competitor of the Adobe suite in general. So excited to see where this sort of relationship pans out in the future and over maybe like the next like three or five years and see how close Figma has gotten to sort of Adobe suite. Um, if they plan on going that route, I'll have to do a little bit of research in that, but cool move. Next up, we got uh, a blast from the past here. Uh, just reported, uh, I think on Wednesday, Nicola founder Trevor Milton was sentenced to four years in prison for defrauding investors of electric and hydrogen-powered truck maker. Uh, that's Nicola again. NKLA is their stock ticker. Um, you know, if you don't remember the Nicola name, maybe you remember the commercial where the truck, the EV truck, quote EV, was um, going um, fast on a highway. But uh, little did we know that the highway was on a hill and the truck was just rolling down the hill where the truck wasn't on or working. So that was very deceptive it got nicola's stock to go to the moon but uh, just as quickly as the stock went up it also went back down as people figured out that the truck was in fact just rolling um at car shows i remember seeing articles also that when the truck did turn on when they said it was battery powered the truck was in fact plugged into the floor um, so that was also really crazy that that happened. And uh, we traded all through that. If you were trading with alongside me in 2020 or 2021, um, this was a wild, wild time. You know, everyone was sort of stuck at home, just learning about stocks. Everyone's motivated to look at stocks. So any news like this, like I feel like everyone sort of knew about where if something like this happened these days, I think like only a subsection of people might like know or remember but because this was happening in like, I wouldn't say the height of lockdown, it was definitely like a little bit past that. Um, everyone was just super excited about learning about stocks and everyone was just like looking at Nikola. And I think this will be a moment that a lot of people remember. All right, and then next up we have Apple. So this one I actually figured out from my aunt because I ate brunch with my aunt the other day and she had told me about this story and um, yeah, I just didn't know this was happening, so this was new to me, and I decided to report on it. Um, Apple said earlier this week it will stop selling two Apple Watch models released this year, the Apple Watch Series 9 and Apple Watch Ultra 2. Uh, it said on its website starting Thursday and in Apple stores starting after Sunday. Um, the company will still sell older models. This is of news because Apple infringed on Massimo's intellectual property rights by having this technology on the watches. And the technology in question here is the oxygen meter. So if you really wanted to have the oxygen meter on your Apple watch, uh, it was actually Apple infringing on some IP rights um, to that tech. So. This will impact, I believe, some of Apple's forward revenue. Um, Massimo leadership has tried to come to an agreement with Apple, but Apple has ghosted them. Apple then put out a statement that they were taking all measures to return the watches back to the customers. Apple shares were down less than a percent from this news. Yeah, I thought this piece was pretty interesting because I don't think since I've ever traded Apple that 
they've ever recalled anything due to IP rights. This was this was a pretty like shocking concept to me coming from a company like Apple. Um, but maybe the tech nerds listening here are just like, man, they've they've recalled a whole bunch of things, but you just don't know because it's covered up. Um, then I that's maybe why I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely interesting. Uh, I'd be even more interested in why Apple sort of ghosted Massimo because Massimo's CEO or team has tried to reach out from Apple, but Apple just ghosted him and said, we're going to get the watches back out as soon as possible for the customers. So I don't think they are very interested in making a deal with Massimo. Maybe they, I I don't know who to take on this side because Massimo is, I'm sure, a much smaller company than Apple. So, you know, you don't want to necessarily root for Goliath here, but I don't have all the facts either. Um, So good luck to both parties and hope they can work this out. All right, and next up, uh, there's Bird, the electric scooter company. Uh, They filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy uh, protection in Florida federal court on Wednesday. Um, This one hits close home to me because I knew someone that worked there, and they're really smart, so I'm sure that they're going to be fine in case if they needed to find a new job. Um, But yeah, had I known this company was actually public, you know, I would have considered, you know, that the stock would go down. I mean, I remember looking because they they were local to me. Bird is headquartered uh, in Santa Monica uh, and I worked just in L.A. So it was just it was really close. I saw bird scooters everywhere. And then I remember um, seeing articles and ads of them like uh sort of converting to a model where they sold scooters themselves because you would rent an electric scooter from bird like that's on the street if you guys remember just seeing electric scooters littered around your city bird was one of those companies um, but they had a business model also where they would sell you a electric scooter and i just thought oh this is turning into a high growth product into like some consumer product and uh yeah i just didn't think that move was like a good one um and i think that kind of played out not too well and they're filing for bankruptcy now um so yeah it's just it's sad because again i feel like um i've known about this company for so long i was one of like birds f- like first probably ten thousand customers because i used to also work in santa monica and when we saw birds first come out, because we were we would walk around Third uh, Street Promenade and walk through Third Street Promenade, but there would be bird scooters just like randomly outside our office, uh, and we were we were all freaking out. We we're like, "Oh, what are these? These are so cool! Let's all ride them around!" And it was a good time. Um, but yeah, uh, then Lyft and whatever that green colored um, scooter was. I don't know if Uber ever joined in. Uh, on the scooter craze but yeah there was just a lot of other competitors in the space as well and uh yeah just thought this was a little bit of a homage to past times they right now they are currently trading on the otc market for about 33 cents a share last but not least i want to talk a little bit about my thoughts on the pretty sizable crash that we had on wednesday i wrote crash with quotes because of course that's not a crash. If you traded through COVID, you you know you don't think a lot of these things are crashes. Um, indices and the market out of seemingly nowhere two hours before the market um, tanked. T- 
taking a look at several news sources, the most common theme I've read about uh, was that a lot of traders are on vacation and that low volume means that there will be more volatility um, and possibly uh, just oogla boogla for it is what it is and that this is normal price action. Uh, there were previous sort of um, theories, I guess, or analyses of that the uh, options expiring that day had a high impact on just like what prices stocks had to be sold at maybe it's like institutions taking a profit um but i liked that you know i liked this theory the most where during the holiday season that volume is considerably lower so if a bigger party or a market maker does want to exit their position whether it's a profit or a loss it will heavily influence the market or it would more heavily influence the market than it would during a normal trading season. Um, and, you know, with the SPY and QQQ almost being all-time high, I think movements like these are going to happen. And I'm seeing that there's a weakness in the 5K portfolio that if I do open up too many put credit spreads or too many bullish spreads um, in one go that I can have the account be wiped. So, you know, thankful for that chatter to ask me what my max allocation was that made me really think about how much I'm willing to sort of lose with one trade lot open, aka five trades of like max loss $500 each. Um, because yeah, I'm, I'm more wary of these movements now especially looking at my account on wednesday um my 5k account um and i expect more of these sort of swift movements to happen which is making me sort of have a longer dated uh date to expiration uh, as a reason so from my 14 day expiry i've been recently opening up 21 days um, because I'm moving and adjusting to how I feel and how much risk I want uh, and how much time I want to be either correct or wrong. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, I'm going to opt out of doing a today's topic for today because I'm going to go eat lunch with my family. We're going to meet at my grandma's house um, and I think we're getting stuff catered from Knob Hill. Uh, but my aunt loves to make the joke that she like makes it the the one the one that used to work at Apple and Adobe. She's she's really funny. She's the most American of all my aunts. Um, but yeah, she she's super funny um, and super rich and super successful. And like considering that she's first generation um, and that she like studied hard, got into the tech space early, and just retired at like. 40 something <laughs> that's like goals right there so good on her gonna hang out with her gonna hang out with my cousin and my cousin's uh husband he's super cool i uh, haven't seen him in a while so it's gonna be a good good sort of chat but yeah gonna be closing um or ending this podcast without a today's topic i think this is a format that i'm gonna try to do more often actually where it's literally just updates like i talk about news and my thoughts about the news um i talk about earnings like as always and i give updates on like the 5k account because it's the most relatable account i don't necessarily have to talk about my main account all too much and maybe i give off learnings like i did today on like where i'm feeling about on accounts that's smaller sized right like um i used to sell 14 days like up until maybe like 
two weeks ago. Uh, but now I've been doing 21 days because I'm feeling like these dips in the market are more likely to happen. But maybe my general view is that the market will go to all-time high. So I'm not trying to necessarily stop trading wholesale, um, but just being more careful and having my trades be longer dated. Um, so I think this format is not bad. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this new format. If you know, sometimes um, I don't do a topic, it makes the podcast a lot faster to do as well. But if you really, really want a topic too, uh, I'd love to hear that as well. And like, what your favorite topics have been in the past, and uh, what you'd like to, for me to talk about in the future. Um, but otherwise, uh, I'll be doing these every now and then um but as since i've been home i've always had to do something like right after i record so i just want to make the episode a little bit shorter than normal so that was today's episode i really hope you enjoyed and we're gonna go to the outro all right uh this podcast the stream and websites are all do i have my where the heck where's my laptop I got to go into the database and the mainframe and all that fancy jazz to get the my patrons list set up. Give me give me uno mo Oh, my laptop's dead. Oops. Oops. Ugh. Okay, turn that back on. Get the get that charging. Okay, uh <laughs> this website, podcast and stream are all made possible because of my patrons at patreon.com slash thetagang. Signing up helps keep the services up and alive as well as pay my own personal bills. I do the podcast, website, and stream full-time and is my primary source of income. I feel grateful to be able to do this full-time and my focus on providing the best service possible for free. The podcast, website, and stream are all for free, and it'll stay that way. Signing up for Patreon gives you a few perks, so check it out again at patreon.com slash thetagang if you're interested in helping support. All right, uh, I want to give a special shout-out to uh, my patrons here. That's Fancy Wolf, Los Pepes, Mods, Pasture Bedtime, Upstream Puddle, Seneca, Ensis88, EDC, Nala, J Perkins86, Slow Motion, Rustier, The Jester, Ground Pound95, Chicken Dinner, Kaput, K21 Butler, Sumatrix, Statistically Random, Turbo Ricky, Maestro XC, Lord Skeletor, Major, Tekel Me Elmo, Avrilian, Danube 9000, McFly, Mr. Integrity, um, Rooster, Bearded Savage, Dang High, Caveman, Andy V, Arfman, Mememet, and Vegeta Plank, uh, Can't Make Money IRL, and Maltman 1856. Oh my goodness. The list is getting larger. Um, there are a lot of newer people joining, um, and uh, the culture is staying the same. Couldn't be more thankful uh, for the community that we have. Uh, again, if you're looking for a trading community that's more based on like the wholesome learning side, then I'd say that this community is for you. I do put in a lot of work to make sure that the culture stays uh, positive. I, I'm not really a big fan of people that come in that just like sling contracts around or like big big trades and then try to like call the tops and the bottoms. It's not necessarily that sort of discord i think a lot of those discords are free and there's a lot of um sort of free alternatives for that but if you're looking to help support the website and join a pretty wholesome community where it's more about sharing why you lose what you think about the new uh sort of year will be like and what you've learned this year and 
um, I don't know. It's just more of a place to sort of learn, lose in a safe environment where people aren't going to rip on you and people are, in fact, going to try to build you up. It's it's a good feeling. Um, anyway, enough of the shilling of the community. Uh, the new year. It's uh, 2024. That's going to be coming up. Do I get to do one more podcast before the new year? Uh, oh, I do. There's one more podcast episode before the new year. The podcast, the next podcast episode will be on January 1st. So that's actually kind of cool. Um, but otherwise, yeah, Christmas is, this will be coming out on Christmas. Oh, okay. Cause I do release these on Monday. Um, yeah, maybe I do a reflection podcast, um, next year. Cause I remember, you know, I did my Spotify wrapped and it said my most popular episode this year was my um, Cheers to 2022 Excited for 2023 podcast episode. So a lot of people have listened to that. I'll probably give it another listen and then um, sort of talk about like what I've achieved and what all, how everything has changed. I don't know. Um, so I'll, I'll give it a listen and sort of reflect on that and maybe do that as my episode topic next year. Um, talk about my portfolio and my thoughts going into 2024 and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, just talking about, uh, sort of my visit so far. Uh, yeah, I got my parents a puppy cause my, uh, my parents or, you know, our family dog, uh, her name was Minky. She was 18 years old when she passed away. Very, very long life in my opinion um for a dog like holy moly uh my mom took it so hard and it made me so sad and i remember you know one of the first things that she said to me wasn't even like anything about like oh i'm so sad or whatever she was like don't get me a dog i don't want a dog i know what you're thinking and i was just like I, I to be honest i wasn't even thinking about getting a dog because i kind of felt like that wouldn't be a good time or reason to get a new dog anyway i feel like when you get a dog um you, you have to really want one to really have the time and mindset to raise a puppy or a dog in general so um when i came and visited when i got here because minky passed away the 18 year old multi poo um when minky passed away that was three months ago and um my mom goes out to visit my grandma which is where i'm going uh in about like 30 minutes um my stepdad you know it's just me and my stepdad at the house and my stepdad's like you know your mom has uh brought up to me that she's actually thinking about uh wanting a dog like she's open to it now and then there's the there's the the alarm in my head i'm like you know what i'm gonna go with it you know it's my mom is very quick to change her mind on things and my stepdad's very slow to react to things so i'm like okay we're gonna try to find this multi-poo that you know i'm gonna be honest i i was looking at multi-poos for maybe like i don't know a month the last month and a half on and off like not a dedicated search by any means but just looking around um and it's been really hard to find a multi-poo like any sort of like uh breeder or anything you always have to join a wait list and whatnot um and we found uh baby which is the new multi-poo that we have oh she's so cute she's so small and i think she's a little bit more maltese than a poodle 
um because her hair is just a little bit straighter still kind of curly but wow super cute we found her i paid for her because that's the only way that my my mom is so (laughs) my stepdad and my mom are i would consider well off but they hate spending money which is beyond me because you work so hard my mom worked so many jobs when i was little she was barely at home and my stepdad too barely at home i would like and that's why i think i'm also very okay with being alone because i am very good at not being bored (laughs) um so something to be grateful for there um but yeah they they work so hard for all this money and they don't want to spend the money uh, and so you already know, you know, Junie had to pay for the puppy and the puppy was so expensive. I'm not going to name the number, uh, but it was definitely a four digit number. Okay. Uh, it was definitely a four digit number. I'll just let your imagination run with that. Um, and, you know, I would rather have them adopt. Okay. When I get a dog, it will be adopted from a shelter. But we're talking about my mom that is first generation. She's very stereotypical Asian mom. She's she wants the white puppy that she can raise from, you know, the youngest possible age you can like pick one of these up at and she's gonna cherish it forever. But she doesn't want anything else no other color no other breed multi-poo of this and it has to be a girl (laughs) oh my god it can't be a boy because she doesn't like it when the boy dog puts up the leg to pee like it's (laughs) oh i love my mama i love my mama so much um and when i saw her and my stepdad taking care of this puppy taking care of baby it brought me so much it brought me like relief like i want to say happiness too but more than anything it brought me relief because i always feel really bad when i leave here to go back home it's like one of the one of the hardest feelings for me at this age right now being 31 i'm 31 now um and you know i'm starting to realize i only have you know 30 trips max if I, if I only visit my parents once a year, maximum, I'm thinking, is like I get 30 more trips. Um, I would love for my parents to be closer to me. I think that's something that I would love to love to have, especially as I um, possibly, hopefully, give them grandkids. You know, I want to be grateful and, you know, not assume anything in that front either. You know, still got to get married and all that good jazz. Um because I'm engaged now, uh, of course. I just want to, sh- I, I believe I've shared that. If not, I'm engaged. <laughs> um, so that's been a thing. Um, and just being mindful of that the time I spend with my parents is very limited. So, again, I do call my parents every day. This is one of my daily activities that I do. I have like an alarm and calendar um appointment for when i call my parents so that i do it on the same at the same time i do it at 1 p.m pacific time nearly every day um i do it through like monday through friday i don't do it on the weekends because the weekends i just want to have all to myself and my fiance um yeah making a habit to call my parents you know i didn't have from the very beginning either um 
it, that took me a while to develop. You know, it's it's hard to say like, hey, you should call your you should call your parents more. It's a very like very cookie cutter advice that you just give everybody, right? Like, call your mom; she misses you. But that's really hard to take in when you're in college and when you're like twenty or twenty one. But later in life, it gets you know you get a little bit more thankful for those sort of moments. And I'm gonna stop the topic here. I'm we're gonna get going. Uh, I don't want to talk about this topic uh, as if I'm inside the house alone. Um, but yeah, my parents don't necessarily know that this podcast exists, so it'll be our little secret. <laughs> um, I will talk to you guys later. I'll guys see you uh, next week on the stream or uh, on the next podcast episode. Okay, gotta go. Bye.